Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. COVID-19 has turned the world upside down. But is there any hope for us in these dark times? As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. last week's worship but this week is also on another level we just see you guys moving from one level of grace to the other and we thank God for what he's doing thank you thank you very much worship team so this morning we're talking about Christmas I mean the last time I preached there I preached without a mask and I saw Pastor Kujo use a mask and since then I just want to be COVID compliant so it's kind of stifling but let's see but the word of God cannot be stifled so I'll make extra effort to get my voice to come through but I'm trusting God that every single one here under the sound of my voice will get something that will bless them this morning just like he fed the multitude with the 5,000 everybody got and there was excess I'm believing God that everybody will get something from this service this morning and there will be excess. There will be enough for them to go out there and share. That's what I'm believing God for. So, talking about Christmas, I just, as I was preparing, I was trying to get my own recollections of what Christmas was, my earliest memories of Christmas. And I don't know, I don't know. And I remember my own recollection is that you get a bottle of Fanta if you're lucky. And you take a nail and you strategically make a hole at the top. Just the tip of the nail so that you can sip on it the whole day. If you are, I think that's where I learned strategic management, actually. 
Because if you allow the, the, full, the, the full diameter of the nail to go through, it means that it will flow. It will, the quantity that will come through will be so much that you can't sip on it the whole day. So you got your Fanta or your Coke or your Sprite, and that was it, or Mascatella. And that was it. So I'm just, I was just asking myself, what, what has changed? Wasn't that our parents didn't have or were they just so mean that they would just give us a bottle? Because these days you just give, they say, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. There's so much of it. I don't know whether there was still so much of it at that time or they just did their best. I want to believe they did their best. Talking about chicken. It was only during Christmas and maybe Easter. So they go to town and they come with two very tired fowls. And, and somebody, a man in the house has to dig the ground and then we cut the neck and then they dress it and all of that. Those were my... But I think that in all of this, what kept coming through was giving, 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 giving. And for those of us who were kids, receiving. That was it. We're just receiving. And I remember we used to make these hats with palm fronts and we'll make our own drums and then go around the community and wherever you go, you go in expectation that you will receive something. So I just fast forward it into the message for today about a God who just, next, who just doesn't get tired of giving. He just doesn't get tired of giving. So he started by giving us the Eden where everything was, everything. He placed man there. Everything was at the beck and call of man, everything. We disappointed him. And we thought that he would get tired. But he never got tired. And during the Christmas season, you see another demonstration of this God whose heart is just to give just to give, just to give. So in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it talks about, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. And he goes on to say, from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So the Lord will perform this. All these things that they're talking about, Isaiah is talking about, the Lord will perform. Another demonstration of God giving. So that's Isaiah speaking. Then we're going to Luke. We go to Luke. The Gospel of Luke chapter 2 verse 10. So I'm still struggling to... I've still not arrived at whether 
it's good to use the electronic Bible or the, the book. <laughs> May the Lord help me. <laughs> so, verse 10. Let's start from verse 9. Okay, let's verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then, then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Which will be to all people, the privileged and the privileged the white man, the black man, all people. And he says that, so you go down and he says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. So we, prophet Isaiah talks about a savior. Luke also talks about a savior. So we are talking about a God who is so keen to establish relationship and reconcile us to himself that he will go to every extent. And he really knew that we needed a savior. In fact, it was such that the, the Jews thought that it was for them. But look at what the angels said. Because at that time, they were in oppression. They had been occupied Herod himself was inflicting a lot of, a lot of pain and chaos. And I, was, I mean, the commentary I read was he was just killing people. If he ever gave an impression that you were interested in becoming king or any political authority, he eliminated you. So, God knew we needed a savior. But to the Israelites, they thought that this savior was coming for them. And thank God for the angelic testimony and validation of what God's intention was. That it was for all men. And, and that's what sometimes, that's, that's the interesting thing. Yes, they, if, you, if you're an Israelite and you want to have the Savior for yourself, you can. If you're a Ghanaian and you want to have him for yourself, you can. But no one was going to restrict what God was going to do for man. Because that was his way of reconciling us back to himself. So this God just doesn't get tired of giving. And right from day one, he establishes that this child that he's given unto us is to save us. In fact, in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, as the angel came to Mary, he said that, And you shall call him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So God's mandate, agenda, intention was made clear from day one that when he comes, he will save us. He will be a savior. And all of us seated here, we can testify how Jesus has saved us. Not only that event on the day that we gave our lives, but the fact that he continues to be our Lord and our savior. That was God's intention from day one. That he would save us from our sins. 
and and when Anna Kofi was talking this morning, and he was referring to some a certain aspect of the sermon that I wanted to cover, and I've just decided that going forward, if ever they ask me to preach in this church, I won't greet him before I preach because he had just gone into an area, and for me, it's also confirmation that God was giving, and there was a need to receive. Because if you read the Matthew's account especially, you see the extent to which he went. The extent to which Herod even tried to frustrate that process. But nothing will stop God. Nothing will stop him. If they needed to move to another country, he will cause them to move to another country. If there was a need for an angelic visitation, there will be an angelic visitation. In the same manner concerning your life, nothing will stop God from establishing his purpose for you. Nothing. That's the love that he has for us. That's the God that never gets tired of giving to us. And this morning, as Nana Kofi said earlier, you know, if it's very easy for you to be in church, it's very easy for you to religiously attend church service and not receive this gift. But the truth of the matter is that God has already given. You don't need to do anything more than to remember that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You are not to just go and influence the process of you getting born again, Jesus being born. You are not supposed to pay any money that whosoever will receive him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Let's look at first um, John chapter 1, verse 12. Quick, 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 quick. John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of man, nor, not, 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 not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. If God had left it to man to choose who received this Christ, can you imagine what would have happened? Because right from day one, when the shepherds, the, the wise men announced what they had seen to Herod, he just felt threatened. And assuming they were, had sent Jesus to Herod and said, oh, Herod, the, the, the baby Jesus has been born and we want to come and give him to you because you are king. Maybe he would have chosen who will receive him and who will not. He would actually, because he, would, he, has, he saw him as a threat to his rulership, maybe he would have just snuffed him out as he, he sought to do. But we've come to a point where it's whosoever. Whosoever will receive him. So in the season, we're talking about giving, but there's also the need to receive. First, for those of us here, and once we receive, we can also go out there and give. Because remember, 
that he has called us to a ministry of reconciliation. But in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8, the first thing he did was to reconcile us to himself. That's when he gives Jesus to us. That's where he, where he gives us as the Savior. The second part of it was that we will also go and ensure that others also receive the gift of Jesus. Because it's clear, Jesus did not come to do anything but to save us from our sins. To restore us, to reconcile us. So that forever and ever, we can have that relationship that God designed from day one. That will dwell with him in eternity. Throughout. Does it mean we should pack our things and go to eternity? No. We will live here. We will live a fulfilling life here. But we will never forget that it's about eternity. That every single thing we're working for and towards and to should end us in eternity. So after we've received this gift of Jesus, if we miss eternity, then what's the point? Why did he have to go through all of that? And one of the things that came through to me as I was reading was just that this whole Christmas story was also a disruption of the natural order, that order. Because they thought that if you have to be king, you have to come from, I mean, you have to be of, I mean, a king won't be born in a manger. He won't come from a lowly virgin and a carpenter. So for me, it's also a story of hope. That no matter what your circumstance is, once you connect yourself to this God and receive the Savior, who just disrupted the natural order, this, you are also able to experience that life, that eternal life, that fulfilling life that he's been talking about. It's very interesting what hope does to people. When you go to the hospital and you see someone who is on the hospital bed but has a, a lot of hope, the psychologist will tell you that it has a big influence on how they recover. So one of the biggest gifts we go through this season is a gift of hope that no matter what happens, so long as we have Christ, we are victorious. Let them despise you. Let them plot against you. He himself faced a lot of objection. Like a plant coming from a very dry and hard ground. Resistance. And that's the thing I like about Christianity. That's the thing about, I like about it wasn't polished for us. We just saw it. He came as a man, went through the challenges that we go through, and was victorious. So that challenge that you're going through, regardless of what it is, there is hope. Because Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's what God gave us. That he will give us Christ so we'll have a certain hope. It's also a story of restoration. 
restoration. That no matter the course that your life is following, if you encounter this Jesus, the course of your life will change completely if you receive him. Remember that God has given. The responsibility on us is to receive him. And if we receive him, the course of our life will change. And that's hope. And that's why we can go out there and confidently talk to other people about Christ. You can't receive this restoration and keep it to yourself. It's too good to keep it to yourself. You can't. You can't look on whilst people go through. Sometimes on the face of it, everybody is laughing. We're all fine. But there are struggles. Remember that he's the prince of peace. The gift that God gave us was also a gift of peace. And as, as I was checking through um, my, the commentary, I came across the word shalom, which also means peace unto you. And the, the shalom word, I'm told, means completeness. Complete, total well-being. Completeness. People are going through all sorts of struggles. But this message of Christmas can address every struggle in our lives. There's something for everyone. There's something for everyone. So my challenge to us here is that once we have received Let's go out there and give to other people. That a Savior has been born to save us from our sins. So that other people will come and know this peace that we experience. Look, it's a very tough life. Sometimes unfair. Good people go through bad things. Unfortunate things happen to good people. Sometimes you see the evil thrive. But when this Christ that we're talking about is in the mix, it gives you a certain level of peace. They can do whatever they want. You are so grounded because the prince of peace is in you. And you feel complete. No wonder Paul says that I've learned to abase and abound. I've suffered luck. I've suffered abundance. Nothing really pushes me because there's some anchor, something that has grounded me. And the charge here is that let's just go and give it to other people because people are hurting, people are suffering. People are still, and these days, you know, in the past, people would go to shrines. These days, you can get it online. <laughs> Digital shrines. People are consulting all sorts of things. They're thinking that the way to go up is to bring other people down. And they will tell you, let me take you here. I'm telling you. Let me take you here. There are people who, who are ready to take other people somewhere. 
Meanwhile, those people, we sit in our offices with them. We haven't given them what we want. And when you hear that they've gone somewhere to, we are complaining. Hey, have you heard? They said they went to... It's too good for it for us to keep it to ourselves, our dear colleagues. Maybe the last thing I want to touch on is on the giving bit. Indeed. So he gives, we receive, and then we go out there to give. And I just want to extend it beyond even giving the word of God. This is a season that maybe should, should bring us to a point where we just remember that we are recipients of so much grace that we did not deserve. So much goodness that we did not deserve. That it will even make us magnanimous in our dealings with other people. So in giving, I dare say that it's not only about giving the word of God, but any act of kindness you can also show to demonstrate the Savior that you have received. You know, the thing about, so I remember those years when we were in SU, they, they told us that when you meet someone, especially of the opposite sex, just telling that, oh, my name is Eugene, I'm a born-again Christian. I think those were self-defense mechanisms that they... <laughs> so when the person sees that you're born again, Christian, they know that, hey, Charlie, this one there is a, is a brother of Joshua's. You know, when they describe you as brother of Joshua's, they stay away. Or if you're a lady and you also meet a guy and say, my name is Joyce Lane, I'm a born again Christian. Hey, this no, don't go there. <laughs> but I think the bigger challenge is not what we are telling people we are but how we're demonstrating the Christ that is in us. And for me, there's nothing better than being kind to someone. Honestly, one of the, I was in a home one time and they, they pounded fufu. And, and they pounded for all the family except the house help who was very key in the preparation of the food. So when they finished, the madam carried the food and said, you finish the rest for yourself. And if you see the quality of the cassava that had been left the house help. I don't think that's the Christ that we want to. Because this house help, you don't want to say, my name is Eugene Kansi, I'm a Christian. All you have to do is demonstrate the love of Christ to that lady. That's all. That's all. So for some of these things, it's not just about going to tell people that we are Christians, but doing the things that you come and ask you, Charlie, how are you surviving these things? How come there's so much tumult in the organization, but you are so calm? How come you hear people coming against you, but you don't feel like fighting back? How come everybody is being so hierarchical, they don't respect their security man, but only you, when you get to the door, you greet the guy and try to find out how he's doing. How come the guy sent a wedding invitation to the office, nobody attended, but you attended? Maybe this security man may end up just being a Christian because of some of these things. So for me, it's not only about giving the message, but demonstrating the message through an act of kindness and love in this season.
Because indeed, there are people who really need acts. Every little act of kindness, they will do with it. So, I guess it's very clear what we have to do. It's very clear how gracious God has been to us. The Bible says we're once not a people, but now we are a people. It says you never obtained mercy, but now you have mercy. It says he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son, the marvelous light. The transformation is so huge that we can only be grateful. And how did we get to know? Somebody brought it to us. So can God use you to also bring this transformation into somebody's life? Such that even if you hear the person has passed, you will only cry, but you, even in your shedding of tears, you know that there is hope that that person can spend eternity with God. That that person has taken advantage of the second opportunity that God gave us after the fall of man to reconcile us to himself. And sometimes all you have to do is not even a gift, but also a kind word to someone. Encouragement. I just realized that everybody wants something nice to be said about them. Everybody. Even our pets at home. Good dog, good dog, then it will turn. Can you afford to just be kind with your words? Not flattery. I'm talking about seeing something good in someone and say, I see this thing, this good thing in you. I think you should con- continue. Because that's the whole idea. That through us, people will see Christ. And they want to follow us. They want to hear about the Christ that we serve. So, I just... This morning, my prayer before I came was that before I put the mic down, somebody will get, everybody will get something out of this message. And I want to believe God that as you sit there, you've received something that will bless you. And also you can go and share. Because remember, it goes beyond us. Shall we close our eyes? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, air of salvation. This is my story. This is my story. I'm praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. 
take this is my story one more time oh this is my story this is my song oh, praise Thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for that name that is above every other name. We thank you that we have a Savior. We thank you that for this reason he was made manifest to destroy the works of the enemy. Any plan of the enemy against any life here and even beyond this place. Let it be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Even in this season, as we remember what you did for us, let every work of the enemy against us, against our families, against our friends, against the work of our hands, against this nation, against even this world, let it be destroyed in the name of Jesus. And as we go out of this place, oh God, let this great gift that we have received be manifest. And as we give it out, oh God, let us be a blessing unto all that we encounter. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church on Zoom, visit our website www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.